0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to 35 ish podcast. I'm Lisa
1: and I'm Ashley.
0: And we're here to chat today about adult friendship. The older you get, the more difficult making and retaining friends can be creating and fostering friendships can take more effort and intention as an adult friendships have been shown to help decrease anxiety, stress and worry and definitely positively impacting overall health and well-being. So join us as we unpack the 35-ish friendship and all of its joys
1: and complexities. We hope you enjoy listening to us. If you do, please subscribe to our podcast at Apple or Spotify and leave us a good review. And make sure you follow us on Instagram at 35ishpodcast.
0: So, Ash, I was reading The Joy Luck Club. It's a book by Amy Tan. Uh, Have you ever read it before?
1: I haven't, but I've actually heard about that book a lot, and I feel like I need to add it to my Audible list.
0: It's so good. It actually takes, like, a long view of friendship, and it shows the way that friends, like, are there for each other through all of the generations. Um, And I was, like, thinking throughout the entire book, like, oh, my God, like, the power of feminine, like female friendship is incredible. And like, there's nothing better than having connections with people that are like mutually supportive and growth oriented. Um, But I was also thinking that friendship and making friends in your thirties is really, really hard. (laughs) It's something that- Yes. Like, like, how do you, how do you do it?
1: (laughs) I totally agree. I think that having great friends is one of life's greatest gifts for sure. And it is, it's really hard to make friends as adults. Like when you're younger, it's just like the kids you go to school with. Yeah. But as adults, it's hard. Um, to be honest, I feel like I struggled with <laughs> making adult friends until I had kids.
0: Interesting.
1: And I feel like it got easier at that point Um, and I, and it's because we already shared a common interest. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a group of local friends and they were my husband's friends before mine actually, but I ended up getting along really well with their wives. And we kind of became like this little, like tight knit group of friends, partially just to geography and partially due to the fact that we were at the same point in life. We were all, we all got married around the same time and we all ended up for the most part having kids around the same time. Wow. So we were able to share in those big milestones together. And I felt like that helped, um, forge and solidify those friendships. And outside of that, I feel like my other friends are all connected to the kids. Um, I joined, a, a local mom's group when my first two kids, uh, they're 13 months apart mm-hmm. when they were babies. I worked from home and was starting my business back then. So I was home. My kids were not in childcare at the time, and I needed friends who didn't work during the day. Sure. Or yeah. and and most of my friends that I referenced earlier, they all worked a more traditional nine to five job. They weren't around during the day, and mm-hmm. I was super lonely.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: So I ended up meeting a group of friends um, online through an mm-hmm. app. And I reached out to them and, you know, they gave a little brief screening over the phone, you know, to make sure I, you know, wasn't insane (laughs) and that I actually had kids. So, you know, that's good. (laughs) But I essentially, you know, talked to somebody for five, 10 minutes on the phone Uh and showed up my two young kids at a stranger's house for a play date.
0: No, Ash, I didn't know that. Really? And
1: I don't think I'm alone in that. No. um, At all. And I will say my oldest is nine. Now I am still friends with those people. I'm still friends with those women.
0: Wow.
1: Um, going through um such an impactful time in your life, like being that first time mom, then finding out you're pregnant with your second and having your mm-hmm. second kid. We all had two kids really close in age. It really, really bonded us in that shared sure. experience. And I think the one thing that I found that virtually all, I, th- I would argue all adults have in common is that craving for the sense of community. Mm-hmm. You want to feel like you belong to something. You're a part of something to be a part of a community. And that was this mom's group for me when my kids were really young and, you know, over time that's morphed a little bit as they've um, joined activities and gone to school and, it's it's ebbed and flowed a little bit on the friendships, but I do find that most people I'm friends with have kids that the ones that I see most regularly. Mm-hmm. And then of course, like you and I, you have your lifelong friends. Yeah. Yep, And yep. I think we can both agree that we're really, really lucky and that we are still good friends with the people that we went to high school with. No,
0: my husband always is like, whenever he's like, yeah, like Lisa has like this whole group still from high school and they're all like so nice. (laughs) He he thinks it's like, and and you know what? I think for a while I like just didn't realize that that was so rare. But now I really like, I feel so grateful for that like group of friends because I think that it's for me, you know, it's been, it's hard. I find it hard to meet adult friends. Um, You know, I met a lot of adult friends through um, actually like like, kind of like you said, Ash, like, it, so mine, uh, definitely, it wasn't, you know, through a mom's group, but it was actually through, like, interest groups, like, um, activist groups, like, so people who are interested in, like, I have a, like a feminist book club. Um, okay, some of my, like, closest adult friends I met through there. And then also work is a place that I've also met um, pe- adult friends. Um, now, it's something that I feel like, you know, it's, it's the, it, it was kind of hard going from having structured. I also, you know, I was very lucky to, you know, a lot of the friends that I met in college are like my closest best friends today. And so it was interesting going from, you know, having your high school friends and we're so close and then college and we're super close and there for each other. And then like sort of like not having, that like structure where you're around people like you're same like who are kind of like in the same stage of their lives yeah um, and then and that was the part where like I kind of like I kind of wasn't sure what I was looking for because you know I had those really really strong female friendships already but a lot of um, then, you know, a lot of my really good friends, we were all kind of living in the New York area. But then probably about, gosh, four or five years ago now, they a lot of them moved out to California. And that was really, really hard because geographically, we weren't close. And while yes. So it 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 really did like a lot of like you know I would go down to the city to see them all the time like and so that was sort of like built into my social life. So when they sort of moved across the country, that was when I found myself in a place where I was like, oh oh my goodness, like now I it's time to like I really want I was I was feeling lonely also, and I I was like really kind of at a loss like what
1: do I what do I do? Now do you feel like with you know high school friends and college friends? I feel like there's always that sense of comfort when you're around them because you know they know your history. Mm-hmm. Whereas new friends, you have to fill in on all the parts of your of your life that made you the adult that you are. Whereas those people that you grew up with and went to high school at that pivotal time, they know you. They already know your story. Yes. And I think that that sort of like romantic relationships can actually gr- go both ways and that you can grow together in those experiences and as you ebb and flow in life, and that it's of value that you share that history. Or if you're trying to break away from maybe your past because you are a new person and maybe those friends don't accept the new you. Um, or maybe you go down a more negative path and they don't accept, like they don't accept that new you, sure. but it can go either way. So I feel like we're really lucky that all of us have grown together
0: absolutely I think that can that is such a great point because also when you're trying to figure out who you are as an adult in your 20s in your 30s in your 40s you are going to change you know and you might the things that possibly could have bonded you when you were You know, if you're not, if there's maybe not like a commitment to loving each other or and like loving who the person is, like it could turn into a situation where you're right, where you just sort of get to a point where like, oh my gosh, I'm a new person. And can, do we still connect the way that we
1: used to? And then with making new friends, like you were saying, like we both went through points where we felt lonely and Mm -hmm. craving sort of that sense of community. Mm -hmm. Interesting that we actually both found it through, online platforms that brought about real life friendships. And I think that that's really cool that as an adult, we can have so many different types of friends. Like we've already referenced that we each have high school friends, Mm -hmm. college friends. And now the friends that you're meeting as an adult, they only knew you as an adult. So I think that that's, you know, they're only knowing that part of you. And like you said, you've met some friends through work, some friends through like an activist group and you know you have different types Now, do you find you have a different type of friendship with each of those respective groups or do they all kind of jive together how does that work for you do you are they separate how how are you how do you manage that
0: that is such such a good question and they are actually all separate I wouldn't say that I have like um so I have like my high school group of friends my college groups of friends and but all of my like Post, I'm gonna say post adult friends that I've made are sort of like either singular or like one or two. So not like a big collective group. Um, but that's really interesting that you asked that because I think that something that I have found hard is like everyone that I meet, I find like, int- I, I really do genuinely like everyone. like And I find them intrinsically like valuable and like so I feel like there's something I can learn from everyone. But it becomes difficult because, you know, just because someone is a good person doesn't mean they're going to be a good friend to or for you. So
1: very valid, actually. That's a very, very good point.
0: And I sometimes have, um, like, I think that what is actually a mature way to think about friendship as an adult is realizing that not every single good person has to be a close friend. Like, it's, it doesn't, like, you that they you have your close friends that you have, like you're you have you're both really passionate about or a hobby. Um, or you have someone who, you know what, you you get through your work together. And like yeah. good for them, like your day would be a little less pleasant. And you like maybe you share a bond, like especially at my old job, we shared a bond over like mutually hating the boys. <laughs> yes.
1: yes. <laughs> and and I saw a quote somewhere one time and it said that you have friends for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's so, so, so much in that that's so very true. Uh, sometimes you do just have a friend for a reason and a season and you can value them, but maybe you you grow apart, that phase in your life is done and they move on. And then you have these lifelong friends, the ones that you share the bond with. I'm very much like you when I meet people I love good conversation. I love getting to know people. Yep. I don't love surface conversation. I love deeper conversation and connections Mm -hmm. with people. Mm -hmm. So I find that I am friendly with a lot of people. Yes, Yes. And I have different types of friendships with people, much like you were describing. I have groups of friends that I consider, you know, my tried and true, my closest friends, like my inner circle kind of. Yep. groups. right? And right. then I have other friends that were friends because we, our kids are the same age and involved in a lot of activities. So by proxy, we see each other all the time. We've formed a camaraderie. I have friends like you. I also am a part of a book club and I am friends with those women be- because we connect on our shared enjoyment of books and a little bit wine, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that, and I think that that is okay. I think that you can be friendly with everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think that you can have many groups of friends and based on the qualities, I think of those friends is where maybe they fall into different categories. Yes. I think like the, the qualities you look for in adult friendships is different than other ones. Like what would you say are some qualities you are, you're looking for in friendship in your thirties?
0: That's such a good question. So I would say some of the qualities that I'm looking for in like, if like, to just like laugh.
1: <laughs> yes, I, I agree. And I, so, I mean, obviously we've been good friends for a long time. Yep. So yep. I, that said, I think that we share agreement and a lot of qualities and what we're looking for, because so much of what you're saying, I like wanted to scramble. Like, yes. yes! <laughs> um, I, I also, appreciate people who can carry a good conversation and who want to make some sort of a difference. And a lot of times in, in my world, that's, you know, spreading kindness or um, caring about other people. And I think that that's something I strive for is like spreading that positivity and spreading that kindness to everyone. You don't have to be best friends with everybody, but you do have to be kind to everybody.
0: Right, exactly. I, I completely agree. Like, I yes. really like people who um, think about the world and are reflective, look for that for both, but to feel like emotionally safe.
1: The, uh, emotionally safe is such, is, is a great way to describe that. Really nice <laughs> use of words there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> be, being able to feel emotionally safe in a friendship Um, much like a a romantic relationship as well is really important. And I agree. Mm -hmm. I think that's a foundation for a lasting friendship is someone you can feel like your feelings are going to be heard, that you're seen as a person, and that person cares about you and wants you to be the best version of yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: That's one of the big qualities that I look for in friendship It are people that I find myself being the best version of me around. Yeah. Not people that I fall back into bad habits with. Yep, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People who appreciate the good aspects of me and bring that out. And in return, I hope that I'm bringing out the best in those around me yeah. as well. Right. And that they can feel emotionally safe and supported around me. Um, so I think I agree. I think that's one of the main things. And much like you said, I want people who are on a path to self-improvement, self-awareness. Maybe you're (laughs) not there yet. Maybe you're just beginning your journey (laughs) and that's great. I, am the type of person that I would love to be there and support you in any way. And I've spent a lot of time working on myself in that capacity. I struggle with those people who come to me and express that they want to change and that they want to be better. And we have conversations but yet they don't take that next step mm-hmm. repeatedly.
0: That is so interesting that you say that because, like, when I think about things that I find hard in friendships, very similar to that, I want to have dynamic, like, engaging conversations, but I also don't want to be a therapist. Does that make sense? Because I'm not qualified to be that. I, I'm. Yeah. I'm not. I, I got. And I. And I think. When you start to feel like you're a therapist is when you're when you're when it's a per, when you're talking to someone and you're going over the same things over and over again and and nothing's changing. That's when it's it's like okay, I I don't know what to do. Like it's it's it can get frustrating. That's when you can get into like a roadblock with
1: the friendship. And I often find that because I do deeply want to help people and I want everyone to be the best version of themselves, that <laughs> I actually will get caught up in that and I will give people chance after chance after Mm -hmm. chance, because I deeply want them to take that action Mm -hmm. and change. Mm -hmm. I'm learning that I need to not allow it to go on for as long as I often do, because it is very emotionally draining on me. Yes. And I invest a lot in my friendships Thank and you. I can deal with periods where maybe I have difficult conversations or support <laughs> someone yeah. and find it emotionally draining. But if it's a constant emotional drain, I have to protect my own energy. And I'm learning how to find that balance in being a good friend, being supportive, helping people, but not allowing it to steal my energy constantly. Absolutely. You know, you've,
0: have you ever heard that term energy vampire?
1: No, but I love that. That's mm-hmm. yes.
0: And, and I, you know, and I, I want to make sure, sh- like, I, I think um, like what we're both touching on is, you know, your, your people that you love, like it doesn't feel like an energy is being sucked out of you because it's mutual. Like someone, like you, you'll, it's a give and take. So like, you don't feel like it's exhausting you because they've been there for you, but you're there for them. It's like a constant, it's a constant support system. But when you feel that like energy vampire, it's when you feel like you are just being sucked from the, like, you're not, it's not a give and take. And that's
1: I think you hit the nail on the head there and and came full circle to what I was saying. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. That was the missing piece in what I was expressing is I don't mind doing that because it's often reciprocated because yes. I'm going to go through a hard time and I'm going to need your support and I mm-hmm. want you to be there. And maybe I'm a temporary energy stuff for you. <laughs> but because sure it's mutual, you feel supported and you feel loved. But when it's one-sided... You're right. That is where the trouble can often arise. You want to feel equal. You don't have to feel yeah. equal at every point in a friendship. It balances and someone's going to need more at one point than another, but it balances over the spectrum of time, but it doesn't need to be even every moment. Right. Exactly.
0: That's so well said. Exactly. And you know what? It's kind of like in a romantic relationship like Friendships have chemistry too. And it's like, it's not even a situation where you're keeping track because when it's healthy and it's equal in the sense of support, like it just, it just flows. It's just natural, you know? So you do, you really can tell a difference when it's and when, when it's really not weighted the same, when it's, when you're getting too much, your body tells you, you know, like your mind and your body are connected. So when you're when you're just when there's someone is taking and taking and taking, you feel that exhaustion because that is your like mind and body working together to be like, whoa, (laughs) there's a lot going out right now.
1: Exactly. And I do think you touched on another, you know, important quality in friendship. We talked about, you know, some of the more deep and serious ones. But one of the other important ones you said is silliness. (laughs) And I love being able to just like let loose be silly be like my real authentic self which is silly and sometimes sarcastic and you know out there and sometimes a little too much for people but like (laughs) you know I love that I can just kind of like let loose and 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 be silly with and you and I have shared many of those moments you know over the years (laughs) um when Lisa and I were younger we would Literally sit on the phone for hours and just laugh at one another. Hours.
0: Remember we, ha- we had like our own like language. <laughs> we did.
1: And we would just talk on the phone for hours about anything and everything and just laugh hysterically to the point where like <laughs> my abs were sore afterwards and like, like my throat was dry. And I feel like we still, every, like everything we've even done thus far for the podcast, like we laugh about it and we're silly and we have fun with it and awesome. that's like so true such an important component to friendship
0: oh it's true because laughter is really an intimacy too when you're both sharing like a humor it's really like it's it connects you in another way it, it does really think about
1: inside jokes <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the things that happens in friendship is you end up with these inside jokes and that's you know, builds that common bond and sort of that sense of community when you're all in on like the jokes together.
0: Absolutely, you know, it's that's so true. Like that sense of community. And you had touched on something, Ash, before that I thought was really, really cool when you said like when you look for people who um, are also like looking to to make some to make some change and whatever that is. But what I think is really cool about you and what you're in like you're really into your your community and like involved in groups like we've talked about in some of the past episodes and I think that that sense of community is really something that we the world that doesn't quite pinpoint but what is missing like that is what I think a lot of people um like when you when we hear a lot about like depression and anxiety I think it's because of that like not being connected to a community, whether it be a friendship group or the exact community that you're working for with or that you live in. And I think when you connect yourself to the improvement of the community that you're living in, like you're naturally going to have a investment in the people that you live near and you're going to foster, like, even if it's not, um, even if it doesn't look like a, a deep, deep friendship, like you, you, you'll start to like really create like a unity. And that's what I think will make everybody happier. You'll be friendlier with your neighbors and the people that you like, see regularly. And it will just, I think it, it helps people feel less isolated and like less, um, impatient with the world.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, like I said before, I do think community is key and that, you know, ultimately everyone is craving some sense of community and it doesn't have to be a big community. It doesn't have to be a huge group of people. A sense of community could be one or two really good friends that you truly mm-hmm. feel like you belong with. Like mm-hmm. we talked about before that you can be your real authentic self that you can laugh with. Um, that you can share, you know, experiences with um, or a point in life. So I think, you know, community is important in whatever, you know, that really looks like. Um, And I think, you know, when people don't have that sense of community, it does lead to anxiety and depression. And then I think that when you are in that state of anxiety and depression, I have been there myself, that it makes it very difficult to make friends because you're not, your interactions with people are not as they really are in your brain. Like the, the reality doesn't match what's, what's going that? on in your brain. Yeah, And I think that um, in the past, you know, issues that have arisen for me, sometimes in friendship, are my interpretation of things that people say or do from an anxiety or depression standpoint.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. And I
1: think a lot of people struggle with that and maybe don't realize it like for me it could be as simple as you know a text message with no expressive punctuation i love a good excla- exclamation point in there and i text very um loudly i guess oh, could be a, so, with I'm lots so of emojis this. lots of exclamation <laughs> points and if someone just responds to me what feels like very bluntly when I was in an anxiety or a depressive state, to me that meant like they were mad at me or they didn't like what I said and I would stress about it. And really that's just how they text. They don't mean anything by it.
0: I am so glad you brought up texting because it's actually something that I have found like has been a barrier and also like very difficult in like adult friendships. So I would- in the past, I would consider myself like not a good texter. Or and I, but I, I I kind of honed into like other people's feelings about it because it's it's caused like some hurt feelings. Like the way that I always felt like with my phone is I'm not it's I don't it's not attached to me. I don't have it on me all the time. When I get home, like, I know I need to talk to someone. And like I kind of like, especially at my old job, I was just talking all day, every day. So I just like checked out. But then like I would have people say, you know it really hurts my feelings like you don't answer text messages until like days later or not at all um you know I'm like texting you something and like you only text back a little bit and like and my thought was like and actually that actually wasn't an issue with you and I um but it was with like other people that I met like like later on in, and at, at, in, in my adulthood and I actually would get mad and I would feel like why are you asking like like I felt like it was like once I'm home, like, if I'm not, especially with work friends in particular, like I felt like once I'm home, like that's my, that's a different space. Like if I felt like it was asking a lot to expect me after work to then talk to you at night, like I just, and, and, and I would get frustrated and they would get frustrated and I, we really weren't able to find like a happy medium. And those were like, sometimes when like, really like great people but we just our communication texting in general like it's something i've really worked on like if i see something i try to like text back right away because I, I then i felt like when i really thought about it i was like oh my god like i don't want people to think i'm mad at them or that that they've said something that's been upsetting me it's if i and and that's when i realized like another quality that i like is direct communication like if i'm mad at someone I'll tell them and I, I, I just but I think that's it's easier said than done like I think people are still going to like interpret communication through their style so like if they send a text out like I'll send a text out if I don't get a text back I never think someone's mad at me which maybe I should be more in tune with it but I'm just no like, oh. I
1: think actually I think what you shared is really interesting because I I actually operate Pretty much the exact opposite way of that, um, but <laughs> so I thought there was two things that were really interesting in what you said. Uh-huh. Um, I hearing you actually explain that that makes very rational sense to me and why you would need that barrier after you're drained after talking to all those people at work. I can see why you need that you know mental shutdown of communication to yes, exactly. recharge. But to those people who have not been in that position before, I don't understand that that's why I can see where there would become the disconnect.
0: Mm -hmm. The other
1: thing I found interesting is the work friend. Mm -hmm. I can very much understand why work friends in particular, you're like, we're not at work anymore. I think that's a very different boundary versus a, a standard friend. So say I was the one texting you, for example, after work, and I just didn't know that that's how you operated. You know, maybe I would, that's not my communication style. So maybe that would be frustrating to me. Mm -hmm. But I think a work friend creates a different thing where maybe you feel as though they're broaching a boundary. Like I'm at home, this is my space, that's home. I don't want to talk about work. Mm -hmm. I don't want to think about work. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, although I love you at work, you yes. remind me of work, and particularly a job I despise. Yes, and gosh. I need to oh separate my myself from that. Yes,
0: yes. Honestly, you just hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what it was. And you know what? Thinking back, and these are things that I've learned about myself. Um, I've been, I, you know, I in the past, I had felt like I fell into sort of like a people pleaser mode, and I, if I had just felt safe enough to have said to these people, you know, I really like you, and I do consider you a friend, but I don't want to talk out of work often, because I need to go home, I want to see my husband, I want to read, I just want to, I think it's that I don't care. But I felt like I, we've been at work for so many hours. And that's the space for our time, like, that's our time. And I think probably had I been, it might have been receptive. they might have been really receptive to that. But I, I um I think that's also emotional like safety. I feel like like you girls, girl. like all of our girls from high school, all my college friends, like and like like with someone becomes a close friend of mine when I feel like I can the truth and how I'm really feeling without it coming back as like them taking it as an offense. And it's something that's really when I trust you, I probably am not going to be vulnerable with my true wants because I don't trust that you're going to show
1: up. Yeah. And I think that that is, I think that's very valid. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. And the line of boundaries, you know, wasn't really set up, but in the same respect, again, maybe you love them as a work friend, but you know, maybe the expectations didn't line up there. Like maybe like you were cool with it being a work friendship. Maybe they were seeking that, that friend outside of work. Maybe they didn't have anyone else. So they were keeping that friendship So me. It sounds like the alignment just wasn't there, but in the same respect, you learned something and you took away something from yourself. And maybe it doesn't matter so much for those work friends because they weren't meant to be your close friends, but now you can take what you've learned about yourself and really apply that to those that you care about seeking a closer relationship with. So I think that, you know, that existed and that experience happened to allow you to learn something about yourself
0: and I'm so grateful you know it's and you know you it's it's hard you like when when friendships like if they don't end up you know evolving or you you know there's like some hurt feelings there um but it's true it's I, I I cannot say that there's been anyone who's been in my life that hasn't been enriching in some way even if it isn't something that's a forever friend like you
1: yeah and I think um you know, texting in general can be misconstrued in many ways. Yeah, I actually think of texting in general. Um, I'm a texter as a whole. Um, Mm -hmm. I text a lot. Um, it's probably my preferred method of communication. (laughs) I am actually quite responsive. That said my job ties me to my phone.
0: Gotcha. Sure. So I am
1: always, like you said, you're not attached to your phone. And in my brain, I'm like, I don't understand what that would be like. It's pretty much my <laughs> other appendage. I choose that. I I I choose that. I can separate myself from it when mm-hmm. needed, or not look at it and put it face down. But I check it very regularly, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and I don't mind. I'll shoot a quick text here or there. And if I I have a lot of group texts that are often going, mm-hmm. and you know what? Sometimes I can't respond and I don't respond. And everybody that's in, like you know, you're just respectful. So I think. Texting can be phenomenal for friendships and a huge detriment to friendships in some ways. I think texting allows you to communicate with a lot of people that you wouldn't be able to make individual phone calls to on the daily. So I think it allows an enriching connection Mm -hmm. with maybe those you can't see every day. And uh, oftentimes the group texts I have going are with people that I don't have the ability to see every day. Um, mainly due to geography, but we can stay in the loop and kind of keep rolling with what's going on in our lives where maybe we wouldn't otherwise. Uh, And then I have other texts where it's just a camaraderie of the day. Like this happened, my, you know, my kid got sent home from school Uh or, you know, whatever it is. Uh But I think that it creates a different element to friendship and allows you to honestly maintain more friendships than you would be able to, Otherwise, on the flip side, I think it's really easy to misconstrue what's in a text message. Much of my, what I referenced earlier was actually more so due to my own uh, mental health at the time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I have addressed and have an understanding much like you went through. And I realized, OK, everyone doesn't text like me. It doesn't mean that they don't like me.
0: Right. Right. Or
1: what have you. Exactly. I've addressed mental health in many other ways over, over the years, but I think that everybody's had that moment, um, in some way, shape or form, um, where text messaging made you feel bad. It's so <laughs> you, felt, true. you felt personally victimized by a text <laughs> by message, a text message. an innocent text message at that.
0: It's so true. Cause you know what? I always like found like wild. Like I, like I would have somebody who we like, you know, like we're like, we're great, and and then like maybe I wouldn't answer a text message, and like they or a phone, me. I'm like, oh, I've just been busy. But then they'll be like, oh my god, like I was so worried, I offended you. Like, are you mad at me? And I and in my head, I'm like, you would know if you offended me. Have you been trying to? Like, I would get. Mad. <laughs> be like are you like are you out there talking shit (laughs) right yeah like I'm I'm thinking no of course I'm not mad at you like you wouldn't know I would either tell you or we would have gotten into an argument like I'm not just gonna get mad out of no reason but then I really was like well maybe there just text me back
1: (laughs) yeah and I think that that can be interpreted in many ways like I said I think that I shared some ways in which I was taking a text far too personally. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also think that in the same respect, if you are good friends with someone and they don't text you back or answer your calls or communicate with you in some way, shape or form, at some point, I think you question, well, what is my friendship worth to them?
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. I think that's the flip side of
1: it. And do I think that you need to respond to every text message in a timely manner? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. especially during work hours, people have lives. I think it's when it's habitual that it's very one, that it feels very one-sided that I think that's where the, the alignment, because I, I, like I said, I text a lot, but there's text messages I miss or I don't respond to for hours or until the following day. And it's simply because I'm just busy and I had, you know, I had to triage the amount of communication coming in and unfortunately it just Fell by the wayside.
0: That is so interesting. Yes, because it and it really and that's probably a really good conversation very early on, like talking about your communication, mainly your texting styles. Because like for me, like I would rather have like quick, like we'll figure out plans, and I'd rather go out to like coffee drinks. Like I'd rather talk face to face or on the phone. I'd rather not do the texting. But a lot of people really would rather like have, and some people expect. To keep up with the dailies and not me i'd rather like i don't i don't really like especially with my job where i, I can't really be on the phone like i'd rather like hey yep let's talk later and, and but other people i think really do feel connected like how's your day going just like quick quick check-ins and that's like a really Um, and that's, and and like, I the so that the expectations, like we were talking about before, so that you, no one feels like their expectations are habitually not being met.
1: Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I love in-person conversation. I Mm -hmm. crave it. I love to meet for coffee and drinks, Mm -hmm. but right now at the stage of life that I'm in, it's not Mm -hmm. feasible for me to, I would have no time. I would be out every single night. I would have no time to do anything else to be able to maintain the friendships that I have by solely relying on meeting in person or talking on the phone.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, and that is such a good point. When like, it's the text message, I'm going to, I need to draw it back because you're right. Like, especially, and especially with the people who don't live close to you. Like it's, and also that is another place where like social media has even become, it's a, a nice like avenue where like, you might not be able to, even have a texting conversation but it's so fun to go into Instagram and have a meme like shared to me from one of my friends like that's an inside joke or that we both connect with yes and that's like another way to like keep keep like let someone know that you are thinking of them even if you can't I think that's the main thing as long as someone knows that you are still thinking of them and you feel connected even if you are not able to see or talk a lot during, during busy weeks. And
1: I think one of the other important things to like, keep in mind that we can all do for one another is simply to give everyone grace and know that we are all, every single person out there is busy. Every single person has a lot going on in their life. And you Mm -hmm. know what, if they don't respond to your text message, they don't respond to your phone call. They can't meet up for that. You know what, maybe, maybe you have a friendship and you consider them a great friend, but the season of life you're in, the best you can do is send a couple of memes back and forth a few times a week. And maybe (laughs) that's okay.
0: Yes, exactly. As
1: long as expectations align, I think that you can have many different types of friendships, many different types of communications and to just know you know, It's going to ebb and flow with whatever season of life that you're in, but always just to give grace and communicate before you decide that it's not working because you may just need to understand what's going on with that other person
0: grace the opportunity to explain like how terrible is it you know that you, if someone's sitting around stewing or like really like feeling like did i do something what's going on here and and making decisions without at least like saying like being direct and saying oh what's going on like can we do this or i get yeah. if someone
1: is worth it to you yes. then yes. you fight for it you express okay. what what you're feeling to that person because if you want to fight for that friendship, it means that you feel emotionally secure around them for some point. And if it's not someone you feel comfortable doing it with, maybe it's not the friendship for you. And maybe it doesn't need to be anything dramatic, but you sort of just drift apart. Sure. And if it's not, if you don't want to bring up the conversation, then maybe they're just not your people.
0: Exactly. And that's okay too. Exactly. And and it's so okay. And you know what? Maybe even like you said before, like the season isn't, it's not a good season for you but it doesn't mean that like you have to sever ties you're dead to me it's just exactly like t- taking a, a time out <laughs> but I always like I, like I wanted to say you brought up a really good point that if someone is important to you it's like if you can put your pride aside like don't lose a friend because you have to ask the hard questions or sometimes like, I read a, a meme that was like uh if someone's putting a boundary up, it's because they care about you. Don't be offended by it. Like that's it means that they want to save the friendship. It's when somebody isn't like being if, if someone is just like letting things like get fester and that and and if they're and if they're afraid to accept like the boundary, that's where you're you're get, running into a danger zone of somebody maybe ghosting or somebody like just fading out and and so like I think that that self-reflective, like, okay, someone's telling me like, oh, I don't love this or this. Instead of immediately getting defensive, like realize, no, this is someone like fighting for this friendship and like wanting to figure out a way to like keep it healthy for both of you. And it's
1: a great, like we each shared, you know, experiences where maybe we needed to work on some aspect of us being a good friend. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's an evolution in time, but if you're willing Mm -hmm. to listen, to the people around you and what they're saying. And like you said, not be defensive, but being open to hearing it, mm-hmm. you can really build some meaningful friendships. And like we talked about at the beginning, you know, everybody wants friends. Everybody yes. wants you that need them. sense so of belonging funny. and that community mm-hmm. around them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, however, whatever form that that takes. Um, and you and I have discussed, like, we hope that, this podcast helps create a community for women yes. that maybe you're maybe you were like us at one point in time and maybe you're lonely or maybe you're craving connections with some friends because you're in a busy season of life and don't have mm-hmm. a lot of time but maybe you listen to us and you feel like we're friends and we're sitting around and we hope that that is the feeling oh, yes. and we want this to be a community where you can feel you know, a sense of community and hopefully, you know, some level of emotional security and reach out to us anytime and just share, you know, anything about you, anything you want us to talk about, um, anything going on with you, whatever it is, like, we want to hear from you. We want this, we want this to be a community and not just about the two of us.
0: Absolutely. Please, we would love to hear, you know, reflections on adult friendship that you've had, things that you've gone through. If you want to ask us advice.
1: <laughs> yeah. How about it? We could do a whole, we could do a whole episode where we answer your questions on friendship.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And would love to hear your advice. That would be great too. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much to all of our listeners. Um, We wouldn't be able to be here without you. And we've been really enjoying these past few weeks. So thank you so much for spending time with us. We hope you enjoy it and we'll listen again.
1: And if you are enjoying listening to us, make sure that you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave us a review while you're there. And please follow us on 35 ish podcasts on Instagram. Bye. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week.